LinkedIn presents. Nah, man, I'm really excited. I think this is really cool. I, I love this concept. It's funny because I was always, I've always thought like the the advice you get from entrepreneurs is always from people that have made it or that are far beyond where you are. And it's like, I need someone who's in my fucking lane, like in the, in the trenches, you know what I'm saying, to relate to. So I love it. Welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where each week we talk to founders and freelancers about their journey creating and scaling up their business. My name is Chris Colbert, and I'm the founder and CEO of the media company DCP Entertainment, as well as the video and podcast recording space, Podstream Studios Times Square. This season, we are part of the LinkedIn Podcast Academy, so make sure to check out our show notes for information about our weekly newsletter and live events. In this conversation, I'm talking to Esteban Obregón, and as you just heard, he's in the trenches making things happen. Esteban started his entrepreneurial journey freelancing and working in the music industry, where he founded his first company, River. And even though things didn't work out with his first business, the lessons he learned are what have propelled him to his current success with his company, Stabian Films. I'm always intrigued by people who, like myself, have to balance creativity and business. And so we talked about the need to sometimes make less money in order to grow as a company and create that better overall peace in your life. And we even got into the power of comedy and what it can do for your business. But before we got to that, we began the conversation talking about what led him to becoming an entrepreneur. So as far as creating Stabian Films, it's been a journey, man. So I created Stabian Films about three years ago. Um, I have always been a creative, you know, ever since I was young. Um, my dad was an amateur photographer and he was always giving me his old cameras. Hey, figure this out. Hey, figure this out. Um, so I always had an inclination to be creative. Um, in my 20s and like when I was, you know, probably 18 to about 25, I was uh, really, really heavy into, into trying to make the music thing happen. So I know you mentioned uh, River. So I was, I had two sides of myself. I had the creative side and I had the business side. And so um, I knew I wanted to be creative, but I knew I loved business. I loved organizing things. I was always trying to start clothing companies like when I was young, you know, all that stuff. And so the music industry really paired up well with, with video and photo. And we started a record label and a production company and tried to make that happen. And, um, you know, the music industry isn't the most forgiving industry. Uh, so over time, we were just like, this is the move to try and transition more into uh, the, the media space. And so I actually had like a nerve injury that kind of caused me to not be able to play drums anymore. And uh, I started really freelancing very seriously when I was around probably 23. So we'd come home from tour, I'd freelance for some people. And then when I was like 26, 27, I was like, okay, it's time to really take this seriously. I have, you know, a good sense of how the industry works. I have a good sense of my own skills. Um, I'm going to start an actual company to try and take this to the next level. Wow. And when you were doing the uh, the record company, with that, were you doing your own music? Were you helping others create music? What was the basis for that company, River? Totally. So um, I was in a band myself. And my business partner, Joey, was in a band. And we were always organizing our shows, the releases, all the marketing strategies for our own bands and for other bands. And we were like, okay, let's just start a record label that we can kind of start the word was collective, much more, uh, you know, new and fresh than uh, a record label. So it was a collective of artists and groups that we worked with. And uh, yeah, it was an attempt to try and create that. But the music industry is very tough. So we learned very quickly that it takes a certain level of 
just a, a, it's a different game in the music industry, you know? So we, we learned a lot there because we were able to throw events, organize massive, um, like mini festivals, you know, organize big release strategies. So a lot of these backend business things, um, that I knew I, that I, that I needed just like really actually helped me later in life from that, uh, venture. Well, it's interesting because you've said that you both have a passion for for business, but also the creative side, which we'll definitely get into more of that dichotomy a little bit later, too. But especially running business in the music industry, I think a lot of us hear this narrative of like, you know, musicians are difficult to work with or artists are difficult to work with. Did you find it tough as someone who understands business to have to operate with a bunch of creatives, especially ones who are in the music industry and we think that they might be more difficult than maybe other artists out there? Right. That's a good question for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the music industry in general um, you know, you kind of deal with a different type of person at times, right? There's like the really high up business people who are like, we're not playing. Um, so yeah, you kind of, you know, you learn different types of people. I think creative people in general are a little more, uh, you know, we're, we're passionate, we're, we're fiery. So at times it can be tough to, um, to even under to even explain someone like that this is necessary as far as business or putting dollars behind something. So um, I, I liked transitioning out of that because I'm not scared of money and I'm not like scared to go make money or to spend it. And so I feel like in the music industry money, especially at like the, not when you're up at the top, you know, more towards like the lower end of things, it's money is just scary. And I didn't really like that. I didn't really, I wanted to be in a field where obviously I was making more money and I could provide for other people as well. But as every industry, there's, you know, all kinds of personalities that, that you have to learn how to work with, you know? No, that's true. And you did obviously a lot of freelance work or maybe even still doing a lot of freelance work because just looking through your LinkedIn, like you're, you're holding multiple jobs at the same time. Um, but getting into the freelance world, was that kind of a different approach than what you were doing running your own business? Yeah, absolutely. So the freelance world was interesting. You know, it was uh, very much feast or famine in the sense of go out and eat what you kill. So it really was a good opportunity for me to just learn about the industry itself. You know, I feel like one of the most difficult things when you start to progress in, in this space is deciding on your niche, deciding on, okay, where am I going to become the expert in? And so freelancing really gave me the opportunity to just go out there and like learn everything, do all kinds of um, different jobs, real estate, X, Y, and Z. Also really honing my interview skills as a director. I feel like that's one of my best skills now is understanding the dynamic of interviewing somebody on camera that's never done it. Um, so it really gave me like a good scope of like, okay, this is the the world of video, right? This is what I can do with it. And these are the people that I've liked to work with. So like I said, in between, because uh, I would go on tour um, and in between tours, I'd come home and I'd freelance. I'd come home and I'd freelance. Um, and then eventually I was like, okay, this is just suits me more. And I was like, all right, let's go all in on this thing. You know, let's see if we can make this happen. Yeah, because was it just too much time? Was it too much, too much kind of splitting your brain, you know, in different directions? What was, you know, kind of that that last, or I guess, what were those factors that led you into saying, okay, I have to go all in on this now? Totally. So I'd say it was a number of things. Um, first of all, like I said, um, my body just kind of stopped. I had a really bad nerve injury. So I was like, I can't keep playing drums, keep like physically putting myself through this. Second of all, it also just hits a point in the music industry where you're like, hey, if it's not going to work out now, we kind of have to decide like what the next course of action is. So I was like 26 and a half and immediately my course of action was going to be go all in on river. Um, but we decided pretty early on, we're like, Hey, if we actually want to <laughs> make a living, we're going to have to, <laughs> you know, we can still do this, but, um, 
you know, I feel like it was a really, really good opportunity because you learn how to start something and you learn to have to have it fail, which I think is a huge uh, lesson as an entrepreneur and being like, okay, cool. I can take all those lessons from that. And it was also not very high stakes. You know, now we're playing ball with like 20, 30, 40, $60,000 projects. And there's no room for like, oh, sorry, Mr. Client. You know, I did this. It's like, no, it's game time now. You know? Well, tell me more about Stabian Films, because obviously that freelance work then eventually led to you creating your second company. Um, so tell me yep. a little bit more about that. Yeah. So Stabian Films, we're a hybrid production company and marketing agency. So I'll break it down in terms of the two clients we serve. The first client we serve is basically someone who we do all of their marketing up to the paid ad side of things. So we'll come up with the strategy, their look, we'll produce the content, we'll post the content, we'll find out ways we can infuse the content onto their website, whether it's in the sales process or whether it's in different components of the customer experience. Um, and then we have other clients we work with who typically they work with some kind of a marketing partner or some kind of, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about somebody who doesn't do video. Yep. And in that case, we'll meet up with them and we'll say, hey, so um, what are you guys doing so far? How can we like kind of become in sync with your current strategy and supplement what you're doing? I feel like the biggest thing that the biggest distinction I've tried to make with my business is number one, we don't run paid ads. I don't like the dynamic of here's $10. I expect 11 back. I don't want that relationship with the client. Rather, what I've learned is I, I want to be on the organic content side of things. And I also want to ensure that the client values our thinking. And I've learned that is kind of how to separate ourselves from other companies is that we're offering the strategy component. So we're not saying, here you go, Mr. Client, here's the videos or Mrs. Client, here's the videos, enjoy. We have a whole strategy phase of our, of our process where we sit down with the client and we like, we all we say, okay, boom, 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 this is where it should come out. And in my experience, uh, I feel like that has much more of a, of a fit in the market because a lot of times I've noticed people are like, do you run ads? Are you going to do this? And it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to get involved with that at all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and like we do a lot of, with our company, DCP Entertainment, we do some branded work where we're working with brands and, you know, taking a vision that they have or trying to speak to an audience that they want to speak to. And so, you know, being part of those early conversations is important to make sure you're aligned on that. But every once in a while, I know for us, and, and I would assume for you, maybe you're not always aligned in terms of what you think is going to be, I guess, the best strategy to market and or to present the kind of content and to speak to the audience you want to speak to. So how do you handle those situations where maybe you're not aligned with the client in terms of what's going to be the most effective? That's a great question. That's a really good question. You know, I'd answer that in a couple of different ways. I think now that we've niched down, I've kind of realized that the alignment comes more quickly, right? Because I, I know um, the kind of people I'm trying to work with and I know what they need. In terms of strategy, that's definitely uh, been an interesting kind of learning process. There's there's certain clients who they know what they want, right? They, they understand marketing and they understand uh, this whole world. And there's certain clients that don't, but they think they do, which becomes <laughs> a little more difficult. Um, and I think really it's just demonstrating that you understand, you know, so that's one thing I've learned is that like a lot of these clients and a lot of these businesses that we work with, they they think in in a specific way because they're a, a data guy or a logistics guy or this guy. And we as marketing people and creatives think in a different lane as well, different lens. And so I think it's just demonstrating how we can look at their business differently. And in my experience, typically um, most people are like, oh, that makes sense. If I get a lot of early, like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that strategy. 
typically I'm like, okay, I don't really know if this is going to be the best relationship. You know, we've worked with a number of clients now and gotten great results for them. So I have a good sense of what works and what doesn't, but I'm also not like staking my whole claim on things. So we're, we're finally at the place now where we can be a little more picky, right? Mm-hmm. So if I notice early on in the, the discovery phase, that it's going to be kind of pulling teeth, then I typically just, I send them off to another production company or maybe someone else who's more of an up and comer and trying to get some more portfolio work. I don't know if that answers your question, but. <laughs> oh no, it definitely does. I think it, it it's important to understand when the relationship isn't going to work out and, and calling uh-huh. that upfront as opposed to trying to force it to work. And now yeah. you're, you're in a much more difficult situation later on. Um, totally. One, whether it be because now this client's upset that they're not getting what they want or vice versa, you feel like you're not giving them something that you want to hang your hat on to say like, totally. oh, this is representative of what we can do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that is so, I feel like being able to get to that place where it's like, Hey, actually, I don't think I can help you. So I'm yeah. not going to sell you anything, you know? And I think like karmically as well, you know, like a, kind of on a different, like spiritual level, I, I'm a big fan of just like, uh, passing money off to people. Like, I don't need to take this gig. This person needs this gig. Like, I think that for me has been a big, whether or not like there's actual tangible objective things, I feel like, okay, I'm getting things back because I'm also giving out to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Versus back in the day, it's like, oh, here's this 2K project. We got to take it. Oh, this is going to be a nightmare, whatever. Now it's like, okay, we're, we're good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's be a little more selective. Let's make sure that like, we're going to have a good time too. And so we can do a great job for the client type thing. So yeah, always learning process. Well, and I feel it's also part of a learning process. And it sounds like maybe you learned this too from your freelancing, but you have to learn how to speak the language of the folks you're talking to. So you're mentioning some people might be working more on the business or analytics side or the financial side. So how do you speak the words? How do you frame things in a way that, you know, meets their objectives? Um, And, or, you know, we used to call this, you know, basically, you know, back in my radio days, my, uh, my boss would always tell me when it came to our talent, try to make it think it's their idea. So you kind of try to lead them there to say what you want to say without you actually saying it first. Um, but that's an art right. that you kind of have to learn over time. And that just takes working with more and more people. Totally. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's the art of, of selling, so to speak, or the art of just like influence or understanding personal dynamics. And so I've tried to, I think that that skill only becomes honed uh, through just like experience. And so like you're saying, you don't want to tell the client, you need to do this. You know, you need to say this. They need to say that themselves. So a lot of questions, right? A lot of understanding what types of questions yield types of results or answers, sorry. Also understanding different types of personality nuances I'm working with. So, right? Like if it's 45-year-old woman, 50-year-old woman, she's going to be in a different space than a 35-year-old man versus someone who, you know, and so understanding, like I've been on enough calls with enough 40 year old business owners to understand where they're generally at in their space. Right. Um, I also have, I've also been really pushing a lot of organic content on my personal brand, which has been really helping like frame people and pre-frame people on a lot of stuff that I'm talking about. And so I've noticed on sales calls now they say, Oh, I saw your video and you said this, I have a question. I saw this and you said that. And so I'm really trying to pre-frame as much as I can. So right now I'm in the process of getting some different kind of trainings built so that when people are hopping on calls, they have a, a general sense or a, a brief context of what it is that we're going to be going over. And uh, yeah, I hope, that, I hope that answers the question. Oh yeah. No. And I think, you know, you, you being able to have that personal proof to be able to show them 
or for them to find themselves, I think makes a big difference in helping convince them. But also then that leads me to think, you know, so I am really bad on social media in terms of staying consistent. You know, I just am juggling so many things. And so when it gets, you know, when I get home, I don't want to get on social media and have to promote or do things, but it's also necessary for the businesses to do those things. Do you have trouble trying to balance, you know, kind of, you know, making sure you're putting out content, whether it be on your personal page or whether it be through for your company it, to be able to generate more income, to generate more business um, and more opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think that's the struggle, right? Especially like just being an entrepreneur in general, finding more time, but also being that like we create and manage content for clients for a living. So at times it's like, now I got to do this for our company. Or we're just like, dude. So, and you have to do it at a certain level too, because you can't just right. be, you know, oh my God, this blurry video with a horrible angle. No, you got to showcase what you can do for them. Cause we're marketing high quality production value. Right. So it's like, I need to, uh, you know, eat the food I'm preaching. Right. So Honestly, it's just gone down to like a discipline thing. I've really like, even if it's two posts a week, it's like, all right, we're, I'm, I'm doing two posts a week because I know it's valuable and I know I need to do it. I hate to use this example, but it's like you, you meet the life coach who hasn't done anything noteworthy with his life. It's like, why would I pay you for your services? You know what I'm saying? So I need to make sure that I'm doing what I'm saying. And so it's definitely been a bit of a struggle, but also getting to that place too, where it's like, I feel like in this entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, especially when you're freelancing, you're making your money, you're making your money. Maybe you start a company, you have a couple team members and you start to get a taste of what it's like to make like good project money, but then you become totally fucking overwhelmed and you have no ability to actually fulfill on anything. And so you actually need to start making less money. And yeah. I know I'm sure you know, right? Everybody who's been in this situation noted, you need to start making less so that you can grow. And so that's pretty much where I'm at right now is like, all right, I need to start making a little bit less so I can hire an editor, so I can hire a full-time this, right? We have part-time editors and part-time this and that, but then becoming content becomes way easier because instead of having to spend three and a half hours coloring this project, now I can spend three and a half hours making content. And that's one of my mentors was telling me, you need to spend as much of your time as the business owner on income generating activities. And right now that's content, outreach, and sales calls. That's smart. Yeah. I, I, early on in our company, I say this a lot. Like, I feel like I did a disservice by not putting enough time and money into the marketing aspect. Like we were so focused on the production value and focused on doing great content. And don't get me wrong. We still spent money on the marketing side, but you know, we didn't realize that should be at least a third of our budget or at least a third of our time. Because if no one knows about all the great stuff that we're doing, then what's the point of doing all this? Um, exactly. And so it's important yeah. to do exactly what you just said. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, you know, and, and, it's tough. I feel like marketing is one of the hardest things to understand and to learn. It's always an evolving process, especially now with like the algorithms and the this and the that. It's like, Jesus, I can't even keep up, dude. Like, and thankfully now we actually, we actually just hired a social media expert and she is, I, I've always wanted to hire, I'm 30 years old. So now I'm, I'm starting to get out of touch with some of the younger generations. <laughs> She's 22. And so she understands more of the trends. So it's really cool to have somebody on the team who's like, okay, cool. This is what you guys need to do. This is what's trending. This is what's happening. And so, yeah, it's definitely been the marketing of our business has definitely been a journey for sure. As I'm sure everybody's journey has been interesting as well. Oh yeah. Now for us, it was the same, you know, hiring a social media manager really helped us out. I, like, as I said, I struggle staying on top of it. So we definitely had to get somebody in, but also as you're saying too, the technology evolves so fast by the time you figured out, okay, this is what we need to do. Now it changes again. 
Um, and that you're constantly trying to chase that. Now that becomes a level of stress and anxiety around everything else you're doing too. Totally. Totally. Speaking of stress too, you know, is it stressful trying to find clients? Like I know you said you're at a good place now, but you're also kind of scaling back a little bit so you can scale up. Like, is it stressful trying to, you know, market yourself and find the right kind of clients? Yeah, it's super stressful. I would say that's like the, the most stressful thing, right? Is like, we have no guarantee on any of our income. Like we have, we have good clients that are paying us retainers and, and it's, it's good, but they could decide next year, like, see you later. They're not going to, cause we're crushing it for them. But that is certainly the struggle, right? And, and then inside of that struggle, it's then managing my own emotions and my own stress so that I can show up fully for the business. Because if I'm wigging out and I'm freaking out about these things and I'm not grounded and I'm not centered, I can't approach things with a level-headed mind and then everything goes to shit. So that's definitely been, I think that is the struggle, right? That's like the main thing is like none of us out here, We, I believe and I know it's going to work out, but that's like, there's reality as well, where it's like sometimes you get a couple months where it's it's dark. And uh, that I feel like is the hardest part of this whole journey to not lose sight of what the mission is. And I feel like I've been inside of the shit of it for so long, you know, like I know what it's like to struggle and to not be doing well. It's like, okay, this space, this energy is familiar. I know the things I need to do to manage myself so that I can just get through this moment of like, this is a little bit like sketchy, you know, but, but to come through it more centered and grounded than just like, if you're emotional and you're making rash decisions, then like you start blaming people that shouldn't be blamed and you start, you know, and then also then that, that tone of, of desperation comes through on the calls and clients pick that up like a, like a shark in water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so that, that's definitely been the struggle, right? Yeah. Uh That's definitely been the, the journey of learning how to manage that and like, make sure that I come out positively. Is there a way like that you, that you manage that? Is it that, you know, personal things that you do for yourself? It's a great question. So I feel like entrepreneurship, the, the most difficult thing for me has been like, sometimes you put in like 14 hours and you get nothing back. So I've changed the metric of like, I just need to have a great day. You know what I'm saying? So I look like micro and I'm like, okay, macro, like it's not working out right now. Right. We're not like looking at, we're not like, we're not a flood of clients coming in. All right. I need to make sure that every day I like, it's kind of hard because we're human, but mm-hmm. I try and really get down to like, just feeling fulfilled on my days, you know? So it's like, I was productive as hell today. I followed the schedule to a T. And even if I didn't, it was like, I was, I was kind to myself today. Like I was easy on myself. I had to watch a couple shows and go for a walk because I was not, I was going to lose my mind. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just understand. I, I'm finally getting to know myself a little better, you know, like been with myself now for 30 years. So like I have a good sense of what I need on certain uh, days. And just, I think like also giving myself a lot of grace too, because like we are human beings, we're not robots, you know, even though there's like the Gary V like, let's grind and and work till we drop mentality. It's like, that's not real. No. You're going to burn out. And so, yeah, I just give myself some grace, understanding that like this will this too shall pass, you know, like you're never going to be in like a year of just terrible darkness um, unless you're just doing everything wrong. <laughs> and like, you know, but yeah, man, just giving myself some grace with it. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And I was smiling through a lot of it because I've been through a lot of those things and continue to go through a lot of those things where I've gotten to the point now where, well, to back up, I would always kind of finish my day and like look at all the things on my to-do list that I didn't get to. And so it was always ending the day on a negative and feeling like I'm not doing enough. 
But then I got in this mindset of realizing how much I did actually accomplish during the day, even if it wasn't a great day in terms of, you know, landing some big client or, hey, maybe even got some bad news. But I then looked at how many things I did check off and not even just on the business side, but hey, today I cooked for myself. Today I worked out like, wow, you did a lot today. So now I try to end my day with that mantra internally, just like, okay, you did a lot. Like you did a great job today. Um, and totally, I, I'm, I'm feeling the difference of just now keeping up with that. You know, it's only been a few months of doing it, but I'm really feeling a lot better. Um, and it's actually helped with my insomnia. I, I suffer from insomnia and, you know, now I can go to bed a little bit easier. I'm not waking up as much at night because I'm like, I'm, I'm taking away some of the internal stress that I've created for myself. Totally, man. I, I, I love that. And I think that like having that metric of like, I cooked for myself, I did this good thing for myself. You know, I think that that because as, as, as business owners, we get to that place of like, we need to have it moving forward, but we are moving the needle forward. It's yeah. just like inside, you know what I'm saying? So I love that, uh, that perspective, man. It's awesome. And for you too, like you were mentioning that like you have staff members. Was there a certain point that you realized you needed more people to help you out here? And, and when you did bring people on, was it hard letting go of certain areas? Oh my God. Yeah. It was super hard. <laughs> Yeah, that's been, that's been another struggle for me, right? Especially in the creative side of things, in terms of editing. It's like, I can't let go of this. Like me and my editor right now, we have such a flow. And it's like, how are we going to possibly hand this off to somebody to understand what we're doing? And, to, and so it's like, but I've... Uh, so editing is going to be the last thing that I officially like pass off because I just need to... And that takes more time, right? Uh-huh. In terms of other things, it just got to a point where you know, we, we took on a few other big retainer clients and I was like, there's no way that I could possibly handle this. So actually one of my good friends, Mitch, who I met in Haiti, when we were doing a documentary, he was the sound guy and I was the DP. He lives here in Denver. We, we reconnected and we're like, and just had a great working relationship. So I brought him on and actually we closed a $60,000 deal and I gave him 30,000 of that. Wow. So that was really hard for me to be like, I'm giving someone fucking half but I don't do as mu- nearly as much now, right? Like I, may, I, in retrospect, right? I think maybe, I don't know, either way. It's, it's interesting now to feel that where it's like, I've relinquished a lot of money. I've let go a lot of control, but I have so much of my time back, right? Now in terms of outreach, I have a business development specialist who she does outreach on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I used to feel like my soul was getting sucked out of my body when I would sit there and just message prospects all day. Like, <laughs> just like oh my god this is terrible you know so now i pay her a monthly fee and i don't have to think about that all i do is i go on my warm leads list and i see all the warm leads she's got i see all the messages she sent i have to go and i have to kind of adjust things subtly but now i have a bunch of my time and also emotional energy back you know and then in terms of social media um just little things like right like posting and 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 it's been a, a little bit of a learning process like just don't use that as the cover. Why would you, you know, like think for a sec, little things, right? <laughs> yeah. That like can be annoying, but you, with someone who's smart, they learn, you teach them and maybe you have to remind them a couple of times. But now I have another X amount of time a week back because I don't have to post on social media or write copy, you know? So that I think is actually teaching me how to let go of editing because I mean, obviously that's like the core of our business, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I watched uh, the Grammys and I think it was, I can't remember who won the, who won the movie, but the, the lead actress went on stage and the first thing she says, she says, I want to thank my editor, <laughs> you know, like for bringing the movie to life. Uh, so I was like, yeah, it's so real. You know, like you could totally <laughs> fuck up a video in the edit. 
So we're, we're in the process of like, all right, how do we do this? Because we also can't let our quality drop below a certain level because our clients are used to that, right? What I am realizing though, is that you can always pay an expert, but it costs a lot of money. Yeah. So like right now, our budget for editing is like, you know, anywhere from 50 to 75 an hour. I pay the guy who's doing it for 125 an hour. I don't have to tell him a damn thing. He just shows nice. up and he's like, you know, but it's hard to pay someone 125 an hour for every single project you do. It starts to... Pre- really add up, you know, but it's bringing you up to be able to do more to further the entire business as opposed to well, obviously a big part of the business is editing, but there is so many more aspects to running a company besides just that one part. So many more aspects, so many more aspects. And you mentioned too, like emotional energy. I, I really picked up on that term, which I think is really important, especially as someone who's a creative, like has, has there, well, it sounds like you've kind of gotten to a better place now, but was there a struggle before? Like, how do I balance this business side of my personality and what I'm doing with the business that I'm running? Um, and at the same time, still being able to be creative and have the energy and the mind space to be creative. Cause you can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to be creative today. Like, no, you have to have that emotional energy to be able to do it. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a great, great question. Um, I feel like that has definitely been a, a also a journey in itself. And I feel like in terms of creativity and emotional energy, which I totally agree with, I would add that typically in my experience, creativity comes when I'm, when I'm relaxed, yeah. when I'm, when I'm like more down, you know? So I think the biggest thing I've learned is just grace. You know, I feel like we have this idea that we need to be on all the time. We need to be this all the time. And so I, with creativity, I can't like summon the muse, so to speak. She comes when she wants to come and I'm going to be creative when I'm creative. And so I remember I, I heard something a, a several years back where it was like, if you feel like picking up that guitar, pick up the guitar. You know what I'm saying? And so I've used that philosophy as like, okay, there's going to be days where I don't feel creative, but the days that I do, I'm dropping everything and I'm doing it right now. And so there's that component of it, understanding like, okay, I'm not always going to be feeling like I want to write a feature or, or write a script or whatever. And, but then also having a little bit of discipline with it just flexing those creative muscles, even if I'm not feeling super creative. Because uh, one of the other books I loved that I read was called The War of Art. And he talks a lot about resistance. And like, I, I really try and like, just overcome the resistance at every level. So it doesn't hold me back and yeah. resist me. And so creativity is really tough because it's like, for example, the other day, I just made this little mini short film, you know, uh, here in, in the house. And I was filming myself around the house. There was like three points during it where I was like, fuck this, dude, I'm done. (laughs) I was just like, I was like, I'm out of here, bro. Like, but then I was like, no, that's the resistance speaking, you know? And so I pushed through it and uh, made something pretty cool. But yeah, you know, like, for example, I mean, I would say, honestly, like the last three months, it's been a season of business. I've just been like head down, making it happen. But I know like spring's coming back, the the snow is melting. Uh And so with the change of seasons... I can already feel myself like these ideas are brewing. I'm like, ooh, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I totally understand. <clears throat> and you had actually mentioned something earlier in, in this conversation too about like, hey, sometimes you just feel like I need to sit down and just watch something on TV or just relax because like my brain just won't keep going. And I actually have to do that sometimes. If I know that I have to transition from something business into something more creative, I, I will give myself that space um, to just take an hour or two to walk or, you know, watch something, listen to something to kind of reset my brain into a different mode. Totally, man. Totally. What's some stuff you like to watch or you, do you have any go-tos? Uh, I jump around all over the place, but, uh, you know, I like to go to, to, you know, some comedy stuff. I have a comedy background, so I'll watch some stand-up comedy. Um, nice. you know, I, I love people like Michael Che and, and Dave Chappelle and like, there's just folks that not only 
allow me to kind of get that break away from the business side, but also they're critical thinkers in their comedy too. So even though I'm going to laugh, it's also turning on my brain to think critically in a different way. And I think that's I one, love of, that. one of the things I love about comedians. They look at the world differently than everybody else. And that then spurs that in my own mind. So yeah, for me, that's kind of one of my go-tos. I love that, dude. Yeah. You always get a fresh perspective and it definitely gets the wheels turned. You're like, I didn't think about it like that. You know, it's a that's awesome. You have a background in comedy, you said? Oh, yes. I worked my first uh, 11 years. I worked at Sirius XM Radio running comedy stations, a George Carlin radio station, a Jamie Foxx radio station, Blue Collar Radio bro. I ran. I started a Latino comedy channel. Yeah, I was I was the director of, uh, of a black and Latino uh, comedy and talk programming for Sirius XM. So my home was going dude. to comedy clubs. I, I, I still miss those days, having to go to comedy clubs at night. Yeah, that's good living, man. I, I'm a huge comedy guy, bro. Like, I, I, uh, I'm actually looking at this uh, comedy, like, uh, it's like a not a master. It's like six weeks. You go, you go once a week. You do like three hours, uh, you know, once a week, and then on the sixth week, you do like a little showcase. Oh you wow, know? you're actually gonna get on stage? I, yeah, man. I just, I, I love it, dude. And I also love writing, and I love, like, I love comedy movies, and and it's just like. You know, in the next 20 years, you know, I'd love to create a feature that's like super, super funny and fun. And yeah, I just love it, dude. I love to laugh and, and be silly, you well, know. Well, those comedy classes, and I have a lot of friends who, you know, have done like those improv classes and they speak to how like it actually really helps them on the business side too. It teaches dude. you how to, how to be able to pivot, how to be able to flow with, you know, the conversation, also how to be able to read people. Like there's just so much you can take away from being a comedian or doing improv, you know, even if it's just taking classes. Totally, man. And just that idea of like, I feel like being on stage for like 10 years of my life really helped me uh, just overcome like general fright of like sales calls and Zoom this and like being on stage and everyone's just staring at you like, <laughs> make us laugh. You know, that's, that's intense, dude. You understand yeah, silence in a room when you hear like someone tells a joke and it's like, is there silence being sucked out of this room? Like, how is it so quiet in here, dude? This is awful yeah man <laughs> yeah I've, I've never gotten on stage but i've obviously sat at a lot of shows where yeah there was some silence and like i'm sweating for the comedian like there's that that Dude. nervous energy that just everybody's feeling it's like oh somebody make this stop <laughs> yeah please <laughs> um well no man this has been a great conversation and as always i like to really talk about like what are some of the things that are going well like what's you know what are some of the wins that you're experiencing right now totally man so a big win for for us was I actually re relocated to Denver um, in August, so uh, about eight nine months ago now, um, and it was just I think the the biggest win for us was like all right we can we can make it happen anywhere. So uh, the first three months were pretty quiet, and then it was like I think we closed right over a hundred thousand dollars in sales um, on that like third or fourth month. So that was huge and was a big opportunity for us to be able to like actually have some some playing ground to like do some things. Um, I also just think like on, on, on subtler, more nuanced levels, like understanding what I'm doing now, you know, I've, like, I feel like now just having been in this business for almost 10 years in terms of like the video business and having been making videos for 15 years, it's awesome how you like, you start to realize how much you've actually grown and changed. And so I feel like that's been a big win is like, I, I didn't give up, you know, like I'm here now and like. I have the knowledge I've acquired and built to this place that I can now apply to what I'm doing. And it's just, it's just nice to feel that like, okay, you do really get better. You do really mm -hmm. get smarter. You do really learn, you know? And it's like, 
yeah, it's more of like a of like a vague kind of win, but I definitely have really been feeling that in in my business for sure. No, I think that's a great a great way of putting it. It's like a nice internal win of just like understanding where you are at this point in your life, and like I think that's totally. the 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 step back that we don't always take, and I I struggle with that sometimes, just understanding what I've accomplished or where you are in this current season of your business. Um, so congratulations on that. First of all, you know, being able to move Thank over you. and be able to have the same, if not more success in your new area, because that's got to be stressful too. just going from one place that, you know, so well, and these clients that you work with to now this new space where you almost are kind of starting from scratch. Yeah, it was, it was definitely stressful and it definitely made me think out of the box. You know, I actually went back to doing free videos for the first time in so long. And that's actually how I closed these massive deals. I saw one company that then I was like, they're a big company. They need a lot of help. I was like, I'm going to do a free video for them. I'm going to blow their minds and they're going to have no idea what to do afterwards because they're going to be like, we need this guy. Did that, closed that deal for $33,000. And then I actually made uh, a video. So I, when I first got here and I, I still am, I was just putting myself out there trying to meet as many people as possible. I met this girl in the park playing soccer. I play soccer and I was like, hey, you want to kick around? She was a trainer. I made a brand film for her. One of her best friends knows Doug, who's the CEO of this massive dental investment company. And then that we actually closed like close to 80K in business with them this year. <laughs> wow. And it's like, it, it, and, I, and, and it's funny because when you get stuck in your routines in your city and you're like, I'm not doing free work. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing these things that allowed me to like humble myself, get back to my roots, realize I actually don't know anything, right? Like my favorite quotes, the Socrates quote, like the only thing I know is I know nothing or something to that effect, right? So I was like, dude, you're, you've done nothing act as such, you know, I have the chops for video. So once I get behind the wheel, you know, it's like, we're going to make it happen. But it was really cool. It was a really nice moment to like, get back to the, to, to the, you know, square one, remind myself that like, you know, I haven't done shit yet, uh, you know, and just like, it, it was awesome. It was really cool. It was a nice, like, all right, this is how it is. Cause it, it's always good to remind myself, like, even though, you know, you, you do have some success, you do make some money. It's like, Relax, dude. <laughs> Fucking relax and don't get ahead of yourself. You know. Thank you, Esteban Obregón, for joining us on Entrepreneur Struggle. And thank you for listening. You can learn more about Esteban's work by going to our show notes, which is also where you can get more information on how to stay up to date on everything Entrepreneur Struggle. Soon we'll be doing monthly live events, so make sure you're following me on LinkedIn to learn more. Thank you to my producers, Heather Johnson, Brittany Temple, and Mike DuBose. Thank you for the support from the LinkedIn Podcast Academy. And until next episode, stay safe and healthy because the struggle is real. Mm -hmm.